0: What's up everyone? Thank you so much for checking us out. This is The Protagonist Podcast, a relational environment where we have conversations not about concepts and theories, though that can come up, but about the individual and their story. Uh, We like to focus on the narrative through which somebody decides to live their lives and we, we find it especially interesting when somebody chooses to reject the narrative that they're handed, the path of least resistance, you know, kind of just the easiest way forward, and rejects that for something much more risky. We like to call that the path of most resistance and that's the story of all great protagonists. If you've seen a movie, whatever that movie is, um, you know it chances are it's got a compelling protagonist, not somebody who wins every battle, has all the answers. in fact, the opposite it's the person who undergoes the greatest change. And so tonight, We've got an awesome special guest here with us this evening, Mary Allison. Uh, she also goes by Mally. She also goes by Mo and a variety <laughs> of other names. So uh, we're super hyped to be here with her. She's got an awesome story, and um, we're excited to see where that goes uh, here tonight. So Mally, welcome.
1: All right. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Mali I'd love for you to just kick us off by telling us a little bit about uh, what you do mm-hmm. maybe professionally maybe recreationally and uh, you know just what you're interested in right
1: now mm-hmm. absolutely so um, currently I'm working in real estate um, I haven't always done that obviously <laughs> From uh, rec- infancy. yes <laughs> recreationally Um you know, I need to figure out what I like to do these days. Uh, I think as an adult, you kind of get into your mode of, you know, work or gym and family. And then what, what are your hobbies? I don't really know. Spending time on my phone. Like, I
0: don't, you are sad. a millennial. So yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So um, but real estate, uh, I've been working in real estate about three full years now, I would say. So it's been really great. It's taught me a lot.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, Amazing place to be. We're mm-hmm. here in Austin, Texas. That's where the protagonist headquarters is. And by headquarters, <laughs> I do mean Grant's Airbnb mm-hmm. that he's renting long-term. Yes, um, But Austin, that's mm-hmm. like one of the best places you can be doing real estate. Like,
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, for sellers. I'm just kidding. I, I can explain. <laughs> Don't let anyone else yeah, hear that. I can explain <laughs> that. Uh, as in, it's just right now it's so competitive for buyers that, um, you know, you're going to basically be paying an arm and a leg and, yep. you know, like... I'll let you live there for another two months and I'll cover the mortgage till you find a house. It's just crazy wow. right now. So yeah, yeah. it's my a wife busy and I are, market. My wife
0: yeah. and I are feeling that Mali has been really helpful for us in finding some you know places to rent uh, shorter term. And so... Shameless plug! If you are in the Austin area <laughs> and you're yeah. looking for a real estate agent who works night and day, she just admitted it. She has no, <laughs> yeah. she no doesn't life. do anything fun. Yeah, her her hobbies are her work. Yeah, and um, her clients come first. But she's done a really yeah. great job. It's been really fun working with her, and um, she just has a um, pizzazz. Do people say yeah. that about um, you know what it is that she's doing? Mm-hmm. So again, if you're looking, you know to uh, pay an arm and a leg.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mally's the person you want or, to talk to about that.
1: And the the slogan, how you can remember me is, uh, don't live in the alley, call Mally.
0: Don't live oh. in the alley, call Mally. <laughs> you heard so it here first. there's no way you're going to forget that. Yeah. Um, so uh, so real estate, that's mm-hmm. a bit of a passion it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And um, are there any other like side hustle projects you've got going on or anything like that before we jump into um, some additional I, questions? I do
1: not have any side hustle projects going right now. Um, I definitely have in the past, but I think real estate has allowed me to uh, kind of move on from those if that makes sense so it's been a good enough career that i feel like i can focus on it and put enough productive time that i see enough reward that i don't feel like i need a side hustle you know there's no current projects that are on my mind Outside of it. No other business. I'm trying to build right now. It's only real estate. That's awesome. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you uh, Daniel and I do follow you on Instagram mm-hmm. and you are uh, pretty active. So it, it seems like you're um, Almost your side hustle mm-hmm. is your hustle and right. so you're, you're on there. You're, you're showing your brand, which is mm-hmm. yourself true um, How did that how did you get into real estate because we were talking before there, mm-hmm. we started recording? Um, you know part of what who we bring on to these kind of podcasts uh, third one uh, is, <laughs> is people three. who really follow their own path and, and are kind of shamelessly mm-hmm. pursuing their own journey. So what kind of inspired you yeah. to kind of follow this um, path?
1: If if I can, this is kind of a longer story or this is the part where where did I get to real estate? So it was years of this. So growing up, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, like most people, right? we. Or uh, I grew up with Daniel, and uh, I feel we were in a pretty affluent area. You know, most people had either doctors or lawyers as parents. Who knows? You know, they had gone through college. They did their thing. um, They had their careers that were set, and my parents didn't exactly have, like, a set career. Um, And so that really influenced me growing up, kind of seeing other people or feeling like, oh, my gosh, I don't have... You know, my parents that have a set career and I what do they do? Oh, don't ask. I was always so annoyed, like, why are you asking me what my parents do? That's such a weird question, yeah. I thought, you know. Yeah. But that was kind of how we gauged each other. So um I grew up, obviously, went to high school, didn't really know what I wanted to do for college or career. Uh, and I went to Colorado Christian University. I was going to play soccer there, did for a semester, and then I, again, didn't have a vision. So I went into college, and I didn't know what my degree was going to be, and it was kind of agreed with my parents, though, look, you're going to go for one year. Like, you're going to go for one year, and we're going to see if you want to stay or not, but we want to give you that, like, first year of experience, because it was a private university, and it was going to be expensive, right? So um, didn't have a set career that I wanted to pick. And and at the time, I was really interested in ministry. And I decided just to take a step back and uh, actually leave college, because I was looking at the debt that I was going to acquire for a degree that I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that I was, there were some other things that went on that made me leave college. Um, But yeah, so Then it was a bunch of random stuff like nannying and trying to, uh, you know, do something in fitness or who knows what. And then finally I landed in real estate, which you don't need a degree for, right? You need education on it. Mm -hmm. You get your license and now you're able to actually have unlimited income, you know, based on your direct work that you put in. So that's like a long answer there.
0: Those are our favorite kind, Mm -hmm. by the way, so do not apologize for a longer-winded story. Those Mm -hmm. are the best. Go
2: ahead. I do want to pause on one piece you said. Mm -hmm. You recognized at one point that you were going to start maybe accumulating a lot of debt Mm -hmm. for something that you weren't maybe even going to use. I know Daniel uh, was fortunate enough to get a scholarship, right, through most of college. My parents just, like, paid for my college. Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate. Um, So it's interesting that you had that kind of aha moment almost where you said, wow, like, is this even the path that I should be on? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, what was that? How did you even have that moment?
1: So I think, again, it was because I grew up a little bit non-traditional anyway, right? So my parents were always, you know, you can do anything you want, but um, maybe because they hadn't gone the college route, I knew there would be other options and just the idea of me going into it where you're going to be there for a year, you know, like you'll go for a year. There's other options. Um, And anything that I say today, I would love to highlight that there are other options besides the traditional college route or university, um, depending on the career you want. Right. We need doctors to actually graduate, have the highest, you know, education possible. Um, But other than that, there's there's so many opportunities for people outside of that that route yeah yeah,
0: that's awesome a, a response to something else that you said was you, you know you left school which can be you said mm-hmm. it was actually a blessing which maybe there's something else you wanted to mm-hmm. share there because it that kind of seems like it would otherwise be a traumatic thing or an embarrassing mm-hmm. th- Like totally there's a lot associated yeah. with that, but turns out it was the best mm-hmm.
1: for I you. I actually had a conversation with someone um, who we went to school with uh, or our peers and they used the term that they dropped out the other day. Wow. I was like on a pod <laughs> or not a podcast. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was on, I was on another, on podcast. another podcast. No, um, I was on like a zoom call cause that's what everyone's doing these days. Um, but we were on a Zoom call and he said that he had dropped out and I stopped and I said, no, did you? I'm like, did you drop out? Like you might not have. You might have just said you didn't want to keep doing that. You know, yeah. like it's not you dropped out of school. Like I've never called myself a dropout. And yeah, shame on anyone if they ever accuse me of being a dropout. Like right. we told you, know, you could absolutely finish it. It was just it didn't make sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want people to feel belittled for not having a certain degree. We're lifelong learners. Right. Our education is up to us, not an institution to give you a piece of paper.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, I think what you're touching on is the narrative, you know, that a lot of people, you know, unbeknownst to them, have just kind of bought into and there's the idea that success looks like graduating, mm-hmm. going to a four-year school. And then depending on how successful you want to be, it's directly correlated to how long mm-hmm. you're in school. If you don't achieve that, then you dropped out or you flunked or, mm-hmm. you know, language like that. Right. And I wonder if there's like, you know language that we could begin to introduce, like what you made to mm-hmm. me was a strategic decision right. for your exactly. future. That's broke exactly up with what school. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a breakup yeah. intentionally. Isn't working it wasn't working us. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not giving me enough. You said, <laughs> you kidding. said it's yeah.
0: not, it's not me. It's you. Right. You <laughs> the do. issues totally. with you and I'm mm-hmm. I'm moving on, which is not, I mean, that's not a popular narrative. Even, you know, people who have left school, that's almost kind of like, something that they don't like to talk about Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I think, I mean, man, depending on where you're at. And again, there's not a one size fits all. But I think for more and more people, they're beginning to see, you know, like a trade and Mm -hmm. beginning to learn from from an expert. And do you want to speak to that a little bit? Just because in real estate, Mm -hmm. I feel like that is one of the best examples, at least in my mind, of getting to learn from people, getting to learn concepts mm-hmm. and, and systems, it's and like begin mentorship. to educate people absolutely mm-hmm. beginning Our to princess. educate people on things that we mm-hmm. didn't learn any of in high school, you know, right. and in, I'm sure in, in business or if you want to specialize mm-hmm. in that, you know, you I'm sure you'd you'd learn mm-hmm. a lot, but um, I'm just interested to hear what you think as somebody who chose not to you know, pursue, Mm -hmm. you know, institutional school and educate yourself in another Mm -hmm. way and you're finding success.
1: Yeah. So I hope I can answer that question, but it made me start to think about like, why has this whole idea of college is the way to success? Like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Um, And going back, I think um, even if we're talking about real estate, it's so funny. So I'm a realtor. I'm supposed to help people buy and sell houses. Right. But the the main thing is, are they in the right position to or not? Does it make sense? So I think in America, um, again, the government started pushing this idea of the American dream is to own a house because you get a loan when you buy a house. Right. right? So how does the bank make money? Like they give people loans of like you need how you have to buy a house. Right. Like, You need this giant product, right, that you have to take a huge loan out and you're going to be paying for that for 30 years, right? So we saw that as the first American dream, right? And now maybe the second one is college education, right? Right. Well, you have to get your degree and guess what? The government is giving out loans again wow. and the tuition is skyrocketing. Mm. Like, so we, there's a lot of problems. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't exactly remember again what you were asking or how I got into like the idea. I just felt like they weren't being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to stay. I even went to ACC. Wow. So after I went to CCU, a private, you know, expensive university. I was like, I'll go to the community college route. I'll do that. You know, it won't be as expensive, whatever. And I was in a class um, and they had a presenter, presenter (laughs) uh, come in from a textbook company. And again, this is like just so seared into my head. She was in there and she was like, who of you likes books that are actual books, you know, or we're going to do this new thing where everything's online, you know, and it'll kind of like highlight words for you and it'll learn how you read and how you like process things and then uh you know, you have to have your special code, you know, for your homework, like only your homework or else Uh, You know, you don't get credit for the class and I was taking the class with my sister So we lived at the same house, you know, we're like basically roommates We were gonna share a book, right? Right. Because we live in the same spot. Why would I buy two books? And then it hit me Okay, I have to buy a book. She has to buy a book. This isn't about education. It's about these other companies again profiting Wow off of students kind of like maybe predatory lending to be honest Absolutely. you're young and okay well i have to do this for my degree yeah. i'll get you know thousands of dollars of books every year mm. and it, it hit me in the face and i was like this is not about education because if it was about education i could use the last year edition and share with my sister like period because if it's about learning that's by how we, any means yeah. necessary right yeah. and so um it was just so gross to me that I literally dropped the class. Wow. Like, I'm a, I don't know if I'm just a crazy person and I'm like, I'm not doing this. And I walk away from it. Like, I just feel like it's wrong. And I, I, the kid sitting next to me was like, what's your name? And I was like, oh, it's Mally. I was like, it won't matter though. Cause I'm not going to be here next week. <laughs> like I was literally going to go drop it like right after. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: So you, you, you asked, like, am I a crazy person? And to me, I'm like, you're a person with conviction that believes, mm-hmm. you know, the, the framework that you're using, if something violates that and is wrong, which that's a whole, we can get into that, you yeah. know, if, if, if you guys want, but the predatory lending, the way that there's this focus on 17, 18 mm-hmm. year olds to make financial decisions that adults have not prepared you for. In fact, they might have even... Mm-hmm. Prepared you to take that loan out, yeah. so you can go to this school. And there's so much branding, mm-hmm. millions of dollars of branding around just this identity that you get if you go to this particular school, and how it separates you from you know normal people. And there's there's so much there, right. and you chose to you know you are Mali such I would imagine such a small percentage of people mm-hmm. who actually do recognize you know because people I think are are, are oh, smart yeah. and aware, but yeah, they're like yeah, yeah.
2: something's going on here, but. I, uh, you know, what yeah, do what, do? It, like, what, what can you have do to and,
1: kind of, yeah. yeah.
2: Cause the easier path is just to be compliant. The 98% mm-hmm. are just about, Oh, okay. We're going to this online version. I got to buy. The doesn't newest. make sense, but hey, it makes no sense college. at all, well,
1: but, but again, though, so I didn't have that set vision right at the time so yeah. maybe that was the thing that was lucky because if i had that set like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be a not a doctor but you know something where i knew i had to get that degree i definitely would have just kind of rolled over and been yeah it is what it is you know yeah. but i think because i just wasn't again convicted like this is what you're gonna do it it didn't have enough of an anchoring weight to yeah. keep me there it was sort of like i'm gonna leave because yeah. Yeah,
0: you mentioned, and it sounds like that what you're describing is somebody who doesn't have a vision at that point. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a vision, you know, for for lack of a vision and and preparation and things like that, people just kind of Mm -hmm. wander around. And the world that we're living in, specifically here in the West, you know, is happy to tell you if you're wandering around where you should be, you know, to find your place. Um, What What was it? Do you think? And this could be a deeper question, but Mm -hmm. what was it that you know, you began to get a vision for the kind of life you wanted to live, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. the framework that you were being given. What was that process like? How did you come about Mm -hmm. finding kind of what you have today as a vision? Mm -hmm. This is who I want to be. This is what I want to stand for. How did that, how did that happen?
1: For sure. So, um, I think we're all athletes here. Some of us may be more gifted than others, (laughs) but the rooted, you know, there was an athletic part of us. Um, and so growing up, a lot of my identity was put into soccer and being good at that. And I will circle back onto how I got into real estate. So uh, for me, that was the thing that I put all my time in, all my energy. You know, maybe you get a little socially awkward, you're just going to play your sport and that's how you're going to be noticed or like that's your thing. That's what you're good at. And so I felt like in high school, I was kind of excelling in that area. And then I went off to college. Yeah, wasn't maybe excelling as much. And then after I quit that college, Um, yeah, it wasn't all like roses and happy and oh, good for you, Mally, you quit college, you know, you did such a valiant decision. Yeah. Yeah, it was like painful too. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you're enlightened and you know, it's not the right route for you. It was very confusing. And so I went through these few years after getting out of university, just having no idea what I wanted to do. But it had this void in me of like, I've been waiting, like, what are you going to do to get you back where you feel like you're excelling at something? Like, what is that going to be? And if you, uh, you know, I felt lesser than or um, not as good as a lot of peers when you don't have that degree, because you see them graduating and maybe getting jobs and you know establishing a career and I just felt like I was still floating and so for me real estate was something that um again I didn't maybe realize when I got into it that you can really be unlimited in what you do with it but um that was what how are you going to get good at something again that Mm -hmm. you're like proud of you know and so without having a degree your options were a little more limited you've got to get creative on trade schools or licenses, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So what, um, I think it's it may have come up on each conversation. It's so cool because we're not trying to, to do this or something like that. But what you're describing is kind of what we, you know, a, a lot of people who are significantly smarter than us have gone before mm-hmm. us and there'll be people way smarter than who come after us but at this moment in time what we're trying to do is to offer to people a framework mm-hmm. and it's a consistent cycle and and you can call it flow or you can call it whatever you want but we can actually I think participate with this flow and find ourselves kind of in this cycle where we're actually maxing out our potential and what you're describing it sounded like was you know what what might be called like you know unconscious incompetence you don't know what you don't know and so you know then after that you kind of shift into this conscious incompetence you become aware that i'm not as great as i Mm -hmm. once thought i was right you know and there's like this void and people call that the pit or the fall Mm -hmm. but it's in every great hero's journey Mm -hmm. that experience where there's a void and there's emptiness and there's just like kind of this defining season of time and um you know it's a darkness and all these kind of words associated with it but consistently then Mm -hmm. there's that opportunity for the the character to then grow beyond that he find he or she finds gold in the pit and is able Mm -hmm. to use that for the rest of their journey etc etc but to me where you're at right now could not have happened without Mm -hmm. that would you agree I don't want to say something that you wouldn't say of yourself but it seems like the path that you're on if there isn't that you know painful experience that you know, maybe a disconnect and you're definitely not being celebrated by your Mm -hmm. community and Mally's back and she, if you want to, if you dropped out or whatever the language is around that, like you're back and you're kind of trying to figure out what's going to, what you're going to do, what you're going to. And to me, that part is actually really, really valuable. And I don't think we give space to that. Mm Um, today, I think that because of social media, like we highlight all the good, but we don't actually make space for that. Mm-hmm. That's actually the defining time that's going right. to launch you into your mm-hmm. future, into your potential. Um, I don't know if you want to speak at all to that because I know that Grant has some really good questions. But I just wanted mm-hmm. to, to point to that and say that that to me is the most compelling part of the whole story. It's definitely not the most cool or it's not a highlight mm-hmm. yeah. or, you know, rarely will you see a photo of yourself just... <laughs> you know, feeling empty or or confused and all those different things. But, you know, we want to, you know, try Mm -hmm. and honor and celebrate those moments where one you're having, you know, the, 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 the courage to share that that was a part of your story, but also like, you know, you're able to find success and you're growing and you're finding something that you're passionate about. I don't think that you can actually find that unless you've done that initial work, Mm um, you know, of trying to figure out who do I want to be and then making steps to get there. So we applaud you for for just being there, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of times we don't want to be uncomfortable, right? And we're trying to as quickly as possible get out of that discomfort. So we are not, we don't allow ourselves to stay there long enough. And sometimes, like, you have to find out who are you really, like, and it's kind of a painful, slow process, or you could even use that with like relationships, right? Like, I think a lot of times people just hop around and they like, don't do the, who am I really like, and take that really important time Mm. to build that Mm. foundation for the next like phase. Um, so I mean, you know, that four years, maybe that, that chunk of time that I didn't graduate and then I found real estate, obviously there was a lot going on there. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm trying to describe that pit. Like mm. I'm trying to figure out how to articulate it, but it's almost like it's just kind of this idea that's burning inside of me that it's like I want to fulfill my potential. Mm. So it's like it's not today. Like today I don't feel like, oh, I've made it. You know, it's it's kind of like I'm still growing. So I... I don't know. I'm trying to identify how do I feel in that pit. But I I feel like it's just alive like now. Like I'm kind of like you have so much more to go. Like and you still haven't proved where you want to be yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I think I'm just still on that. But it's a little more optimistic. I don't know.
0: Yeah. There's hope now. Whereas maybe before... I mean I I can just speak for myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like those times you know you can't describe exactly and figure that out because that's the whole thing you feel confused and there's mm-hmm. chaos and all of that so um we don't have to stay there anymore i just wanted yeah. to highlight that part of your journey instead mm-hmm. of you just sharing all the moments where the you highest. crushed it yeah, totally. you know um, cuz that that part yeah. is actually so key and without that there can't be the rebirth you know, moment where you actually become somebody different that you weren't before.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's like the refining part, right? Yeah. It's, we don't, I'm even like with real estate, I think there's just a lot of things that you have to struggle every day. Like, do you want to do lead generation or do you want to call people? Like, do you want to, you know, it's, it's like up to you to make success or not Wow. type of thing. Yeah. I don't know
0: so is your uh if you don't mind me asking real mm -hmm. quick is your technique just to call as many people as possible and be as annoying as possible and it's a numbers game or what so i really don't
1: like that at all i don't like the calling aspect unless i feel like i'm really trying to connect with someone i just think it's like gross and fake um but uh the the idea of the lead generation i think is much bigger than just real estate like it's any business so uh, I don't know if I'm going to go off topic of what you just asked oh, but no, no, another no. thing I'd love to like just this concept real estate has taught me about running a business. It's not really about real estate. Interesting. So, real estate is the same um formula for, you know, the person that maybe has a cafe that they just opened or it's the same same formula as someone who started a podcast or a photographer. It's how are you gonna get your product or your service known? Um, And so I think that's the biggest challenge with real estate. It's not actually the like buying and the selling and the contracts. It's how do you build your brand and get it out there? So we joke phone calling is one of the most common ways that people do it in real estate. But if anyone, again, you're wanting to start your own business, it's lead generation, it's numbers, right? So there's a specific formula. If you talk to enough people every single day, And you learn your conversion rate, like, or how, how many people you have to talk to to get one sale. Like now you can be in business, whether that's like flowers or whether that's photography or whether that's, you need to sell coffee. Like, you know, how many people you have to come across and now you have a formula for a business. So I think that's the coolest thing about real estate is it teaches you how to run a business versus like the actual trade of real estate. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: In um in the you know, the fact that this is a business mm-hmm. and like you have to kind of find your own lane and within that to build and build yourself as a brand. Like how have you how have you found um what makes sense to you and mm-hmm. what feels truthful to you?
1: Oh gosh. Um that again I, I think needs so much more evolution for me right now and my business because it is only about three years in. Um I think education for me is really big. Um, if maybe you look at the, the content I put on Instagram, sometimes I'm trying to teach people something, right? So like, let's talk about lending or let's talk about, uh, you know, how can we make your offer stand out? Like, these are the things I'm gonna go do. And so it's, uh, I think if anything out of my brand, it's maybe just educating the consumer or my client and wanting to truly meet them uh, where they are and make sure that we're not gonna buy a house if they're not ready, or, uh, you know, we need to get you on the path to home ownership by me connecting you with a lender or someone else to work on your financial profile. Like, I don't know. So I think for me the brand right now is just being kind of like genuine and authentic and I don't need the sale today, but like I rather help you and i know that if i help you and give you information that hopefully you'll like refer me like it doesn't mean i have to get money from you but i just hope that me giving you actual content or a value will help you and help me
2: yeah i don't know (laughs) that's something even daniel and i have talked about with Mm -hmm. i mean the podcast and protagonists is if it's not at the end of the day about adding value to the person or the people that you intend to serve then like what's the point right So, Mm -hmm. um, you can create awesome shirts and you can (laughs) like buy Instagram followers and you can do all these things that are, you know, superficial and might move the needle on like a, a business metric standpoint, but. If you're not adding value it's not a sustainable business right absolutely
1: Um, and even more so i think as we just move through this new age right it's like we get bored quickly and if it's not an actual service that someone needs a value you're gonna get like left behind and be obsolete so you have to figure out what are you going to provide people again whether it's real estate that would be my service it's not that i am bringing the house to them right it's hmm. not that i'm selling the house i am teaching them about the process of the transaction. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in the service industry. Mm. Um, I'm not, you know, selling the house, right? It's just, I'm a conveyor, like I'm in the chain. Facilitating the process. Yeah. Yeah, so with business, you just have to find, are you producing a service? Are you producing a product? And then how can you make that the best for the consumer? Why would they want to work with you versus someone else or why would they want to buy your thing or listen yeah. to you right yeah that's, that's good all it is. and i'll just say you know from <clears throat> personal
0: experience of getting to work with mallie you know when my wife and i you know you shared with us and have been willing to jump on a call and share your insight mm-hmm. on something and help us find an apartment or, or what have you i never felt and if if you're if this is not the case, then you're a good actor or actress, but (laughs) I never felt like there was an expectation for us to even work with you, Mm -hmm. um, even though you were the one spending some time and putting together something for us and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and to me, that was something that was just really valuable, to be honest, and actually gave us space and freedom to want to Mm you know, call you first for for a question or or something like that. And then ultimately, you know, if we're looking to buy a house, you know, we'd like to, you know, reach out to you and to continue to get insight. So Mm -hmm. I I feel like that the, and maybe it'll go on forever, but the day of the hard sell and basically Mm -hmm. manipulating somebody into a corner to where they don't have the social skills to say no. So they just kind of give themselves over to this, you know, system that's happening to them. I would like to think that that's on its way out and authentic business practices are, are beginning to win and people are beginning to see the value in that. I'd still say it's still rare to, to meet with somebody. I'm sure, you know, um, we've spoken with several agents, you know, and just the sense that you get if it's like, hey, I'm, I'm available if, if you need me, mm-hmm. here's what I bring to the table. As opposed to just this constant barrage of of a um, follow up, which mm-hmm. I think maybe back in the day used to make you feel you wanted needed, or pursued yeah. or needed, mm-hmm. maybe I don't feel like that's the case anymore. We're also inundated with people reaching out and information, and I, so I don't feel like that's mm-hmm. the case anymore. So I, I I actually like the direction that that's headed. I'm not sure if it's because I'm a millennial mm-hmm. or whatever, but I feel like that's a a healthy direction if we could say that of an of a business Mm -hmm. industry so to speak and
1: um something the whole time you were talking i was just thinking it's like a huge principle in my life and that i've had to learn is the idea of scarcity so if i don't need this sale i'm able to do what's best for my client Mm. but if i need it and i'm desperate i'm gonna be more pushy right and so there's been times Uh, That you're operating out of scarcity where you don't have an abundance and you don't have like food on the table or things you need And now you feel that obligation you have to make it work, right? But if you are coming from a place of abundance and know that just because you don't do business with me someone around the corner will like that gives you freedom to be authentic so I mean that's human nature like If you don't have your basic needs set though you're not gonna be able to live abundantly Mm. so I mean gosh how do we help people do that but yeah the idea of scarcity I think is like the pushy person like oh my god someone just came in the door like I can't let them leave until I like get their info and or I'm good like I have everything I need and you can work with me if you want but I don't need you to right so that's good scarcity is just like huge
2: Follow-up question. How do you create a, uh, a life, a base-level life of abundance then? if Do you feel like you're at that place now?
1: Um, I don't think it was from my own doing. I think there's definitely blessings there that have happened that have allowed me to be in a position that is like that. Um, but I think, you know, if we're talking about maybe principles of, like, sacrifice, uh, living below your means, possibly, right? So instead so. of... Um, having all the things that maybe you don't need, wealth is just living below your means, right? So if you already know, like, okay, I have my budget, like, I have enough money, I'm not overspending, um, then you, you're not going to get mad at that client that you toured with five times and they like, wow. you know, didn't, because you're like, okay, but yeah. if you need it, I don't know. So maybe those are other, how do you get to a place of abundance? It's like cutting things until you have more than what you need, right?
2: Right. No, Which
1: can be painful.
2: Right. Yeah. Like
1: so painful, not fun. Right. Like it's stripping yourself down though. I don't know. You
2: cutting out the Chipotle (laughs) and the Netflix. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I think our culture, again, it's like, we don't want to take the hard route. Like, oh my gosh, we have hot water. We have like the easiest life that has ever been today. 2020. Okay, maybe pandemic. (laughs) There are people that are hurting. Absolutely. And we don't want to be insensitive to that, but the tools that are in front of us, like Instagram, Facebook, you literally have free messenger. You could, again, if you were selling t-shirts, you could message hundreds of people a day via hashtags on Facebook or Instagram. And if you know that ratio right for your business, like, you know, oh, I have to message a hundred people for one sale Well, what's stopping you? Like it's free communication, right? Like
2: you just got to let Facebook track you for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's a a great deal. So (laughs) she did say sacrifice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. I don't know. So I don't know though, how you get to a place of like abundance is also a different definition for everybody. We have different levels of what our needs are. Um, even human needs, not just like monetary or wealth. It's like emotional, right? Like there's so many different ways that someone yeah. might not be living abundantly.
2: Yeah. Well, you've <laughs> mentioned like one or two different principles that you kind of already live by. Um, you know, and this is coming from someone that wasn't a four-year college graduate necessarily. So, how like how did you um, come to these maybe principles? What are your principles? Maybe some additional ones or like your philosophy mm-hmm. of life per se. That like how did you come across these these things that you now live by?
1: Um, I think. Well, gosh, again, these are great questions that I could probably meditate on and need to write out. What are my principles? Like, who am I? Um, I think kindness goes a really long way. Um, I think being willing to go the extra mile goes a long way. And maybe in these like karma ideas or something. But um, the idea of if I walk in somewhere and I smile, like you're going to get treated better. Like even if someone's being rude to you, It doesn't mean that you stay in an abusive situation, but I bet there's a way you could turn it around, usually. Like, the 99% of the time, right? Like, it's it's this law of attraction, right? Uh, What you put out is what you're going to get back. So even if you walk up to someone and they're, like, you're just ordering something and they're being rude, like, well, you can be rude back or you can say... Or just maybe be patient, you know? I don't know. So I think just a lot of where I am today is because of all those like little boring moments, like the little mundane of character building and like choosing, I'm just going to try and do the the right thing always versus like what's easy. Maybe
2: yeah. like, I don't know. Would you say that was those uh, learning moments were born out of like, w- at what point in your life were those, were those born?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think we learn a lot in the really early, like obviously developmental phase of life i think um probably somewhere around probably like fourth fifth sixth grade i guess i mean if you talk you know it's funny like how you were saying what's like the pit right (laughs) right like i think it's there (laughs) really actually no like seriously if you think about it guys like let's (laughs) like there are some really formative times in your life in that early developmental, because I think it's like when you're really coming into consciousness and awareness of what other people think of you. And that's so powerful. Like that phase, starting to realize other people think of me a certain way and I don't want them to think poorly of me. I'm like bad people pleaser. So I think part of the being kind was always like, I'll go to the point where I'm like, hurting myself to make sure other people are happy, you know, which is not good. And you have to learn the balance, but I don't know, maybe then I have no idea.
0: Right. There's, (laughs) I mean, there's been studies. I was just talking with a guy who's actually going to be next week's um, podcast guest. um, But he is convinced that, you know, and and there's been some studies that have been done from zero to six or seven. Um, You know, I guess the Jesuits like hundreds of years ago Mm -hmm. said, show me a six year old and I'll show you the man kind of concept and that by that time so much Mm -hmm. has happened to that person and so much about what they believe about themselves and what they believe about somebody Mm -hmm. else and their subconscious you know our our consciousness is is aware and and, uh, about about certain things but our subconscious is learning at a far faster rate Mm -hmm. and doesn't know right and wrong it just is being programmed like a computer And so we can actually go back and change that through, you know, whether it be meditation or counseling or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a bunch of different ways to do that. But naturally, if left to your own, you know, defenses, like your subconscious actually is programmed a particular way based off of those formative years. And Mm so, you know, based off of what you're describing, there could be a moment where you perceived the way to wholeness for me is to have everyone around me you know, think well of me, Mm -hmm. which, you know, when you're younger, that's actually possible. You know, when you're young, like you're awesome. Everyone loves you and you're cute and all that. And then as you get older and older and older, that's, you know, potentially less likely and all of that. And I remember that's a scary thing for me. This isn't about me, um, but, you know, being homeschooled and then jumping into public school in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, that stood out to me. The fourth, fifth and sixth grade was incredibly difficult you know, for me, and I I think that it has been really formative for me as well. And I'm not even sure the ripple effects that those moments and experiences have had even on my 29 year old self. Yeah, I
1: don't think we know. I totally agree. I think like in our young that because you're developing your core, it's like you're saying you don't you're not working out of your like uh, conscious, It's your subconscious. So again, if those like basic needs aren't met, maybe from family or you know, yeah, that's a challenge now moving forward to try and just get you to be base level like okay. just the bare minimum yeah Again, not, like, not if we don't have our food right. if we don't have you know yeah like those are big deals
2: but the that <clears> time <throat> period stood out to you enough yeah. apparently it wasn't just subconscious torture there was it, it, it seems <laughs> like there was some it's conscious okay. torture <laughs> well. so what i mean what was it about outside of maybe trying to please others and it, obviously that's just an awkward time of mm-hmm. year to be alive or just time in life, but (laughs) what was it? Was there anything that stood out in that period of time that was really like a pit moment?
1: Yeah. So I think also, well, Daniel just said he was like homeschooled. And so he transitioned schools. I think that was the time in my life that I was moving the most. Like we moved from Austin ISD to Dripping Springs ISD and then I wasn't established there very long and then we moved to um, like Colorado for a little bit and then we moved back home and it was like this really awkward like not very long anywhere for just a little second of time and uh, I think you know just having to make friends yeah you're like well which way am I going to do it like yeah. probably by being nice right. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> talking to the kid that no one else is talking to like you know, and just, uh, you build those social skills maybe again in that like hard time. And I also like, again, we'll see if this has anything to do with anything. I totally dressed like a boy then. (laughs) Like I was the biggest tomboy, but it was like the gross kind. It wasn't like a sporty, you know, like you think of a tomboy and it's like, like oh, cool yeah. baggy jeans, cute, but or no, that's like a thing now. Not <laughs> even. Yeah. Yeah. But, or like, I think there were some girls that they were like sporty, but no, I was wearing like the legitimate boy clothes, like, uh, the cutoff. You guys remember the jeans that, yeah, you would zip oh, off. Zip right.
0: Off. Oh, of course. So, so let me practical. tell you,
1: I, <laughs> I had pants like that. And we lived in Texas. And so you would always use the short version, right? The shorts, because it's so hot. Of course. Okay, when we moved to Colorado for that little time, I had to use the pant version. Oh, and they man. were like, not even the same color anymore. Because I would worn oh, no. the
0: shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that it's is so a fashion move.
1: Guys, like, <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah. So talk about being a little bit weird and like feeling like you're not fitting in. I just, I don't know. Right. Like, I swear that was developmental, though. Like, that must have impacted me and changed who I am today. Like, all these. Have you looked
0: into legal action towards (laughs) the company that made those (laughs) pants? No. I don't think those were good for anybody. Right. No. Functional, yes. Right. Because, I mean, I had the same thing. It seems like, you know, functionally, sometimes it actually can be really cold in Texas in the morning. So right. you wear your pants, <laughs> and then when you go out to recess,
1: <laughs> you are them
2: right off. Oh you're good to go. God. You can wear the the bottoms as a bandana. Yeah, th- it's very functional. Yeah. A lot of options for you.
1: So yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think like when we're younger, everybody's made fun of, or we're all like embarrassed, and like there's different. And again, that's just kind of like character building for a yeah. little bit. You don't want to be like brutally just always made fun of. But like, I think we all have our own insecurities that really impact us like long term.
2: <laughs> yeah. When so when know. did you feel like you started kind of coming into your own? Was it like high school, college? <laughs> not oh yet? God. I feel <laughs> yeah, I know, right. <laughs> like when
1: we start thinking back on all this stuff. Um yeah. I think high school um again, so talking about sports or insecurities, like I mentioned earlier, my identity was in soccer. And so um part of that was like, look, I dressed like a boy, but I'm good at sports, you know, so don't like make fun of me. And then I had this other goal, like before getting in there that I was going to like make varsity as a freshman and like show everybody that I was working so hard. And so I like accomplished that. And so I think for a little bit in high school, like I kind of was like coming into it, but this is again, so evolving, right? So it's like, even where I was maybe four years ago, I would be like grossed out or like, uh, compared to where I am today. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> well, I, I think that's know. the beauty I of like
1: I keep talking about being a kid. I'm like, <laughs> <"But now laughs>
2: I'm well, that's
0: the beauty. I yeah. think of a, of the protagonist lifestyle is that it's an ever changing. Like the, the, the idea is that you're never a final product right. in the sense that I'm never learning anymore. I've mm-hmm. already mastered all that there is to master yeah. as a person, like knowing that you won't reach that point is freeing in a sense you know knowing you know today i'm not who i always will be but Mm -hmm. i'm wanting to be the best kind of update version you know jordan last week spoke about he believes that you know humans are kind of just like software updates each year is a new Mm -hmm. version Mm -hmm. so he's on version 28 right and he's hoping that 29 is going to be better than the last because he's going to work on a couple of these things and you know just wanting to be a better product overall but he's going to look back at 35. I, th- I think we all are and wonder like, you know, it, it's it's kind of a bummer because I know that I'll be like, man, what was I thinking? You know, like doing this or thinking that or caring so much about that. But I think it's inevitable and I think there's got to be like, I've kind of let myself off the hook for like caring about certain things because like in that moment that felt like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you can't just like, how many parents have told kids like, it's not a big deal, it's just high school, these friends won't like – yeah. It, I think it'd be better just to, to enter into everything. those moments. That's yeah, all at
1: the moment. That's it's...
0: all you have to work with, yeah. you know. Um so we we'll move on from your childhood unless you want to bring it back up. Appreciate <laughs> I'm you
1: afraid uh I might. I'm uh, <laughs>
0: appreciate you uh speaking Golly. to that though in some of those formative years cuz <laughs> having gone to the same high school, I'm familiar and um I remember that you did make varsity as a freshman, though. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, that
1: was, like, my little thing. I was like, I have to do this. Like, I have to, you know? You did it's it. it's like, you dress like a boy. Like, what else are you going to do? What was all this for? <laughs> yeah, literally, it was, like, this weird identity thing that I think I built, like, outside of me, of other people's perception that was, like, not even real.
2: That's I don't interesting. know. Whatever. It's incredible. We're moving on. <laughs> but was that, a, was that kind of a big moment? Did that validate... Did that make everything almost worthwhile?
1: (laughs) All the the boy shorts. All the zipper Um, pants. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Because then again, it was like, now I'm so insecure on this team. Like I have this coach that is like, I'm going to put you on JV if you do that again. You know, so it was like, it didn't feel like you were secure for at least a little bit. And then even graduating... Oh yeah, I'm gonna go to college, but I don't really know if I'm gonna finish it. Like it just felt like you're just not really mm-hmm. sure for forever.
0: It sounded on- like a you were coming from a place of scarcity. The description right. you gave earlier mm-hmm. seemed to reflect how you might have been feeling. Like if if you were able to respond, not not even outwardly, but in your mind, if he's like, "I'm gonna put you on JV," and you were like, "I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my best, whatever." Right. That mm-hmm. I mean, that's like high school nirvana if somebody can yeah. reach that level of emotional maturity yeah. i don't even think i'm there at 29 and i even understand the concept of being able to say whatever happens like i can work with that but i'm going to i'm going to do me right. i'm not going to let that circumstance determine my attitude and my effort but just cuz that's a concept that i can say doesn't mean that it's being mm-hmm. embodied and right. so man kids kids go through so much cuz there's so much riding again kind of the system that we're talking about there's so much riding on this identity of being accepted and celebrated and successful or your options are you can be a dropout mm-hmm. a loser right, or like worse. just not yeah. yeah it's all of these boxes that we put people in um you know it has to look a certain way so you know yeah i feel i feel the the same way on my own journey so i think it's good to be talking about some of these things and maybe Just invite others into these kinds of conversations and even just have, you know, when we ask people questions, giving them an opportunity just to evaluate, like, are there ways that I'm stuck in a cycle? Like you talked about the scarcity Mm -hmm. thing. Are there ways that Mm -hmm. I'm stuck in the cycle where the characters are different? You know, the the circumstances are different. The um, responsibilities are different. You know, now I'm an adult or whatever but the cycle is still the same and actually my driving force is what other people think about me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I'm not saying, you know, I've got the answers of how to get out of that. I'm just saying, I think that a lot of times if we looked at it, we'd see kind of these cycles and, um, you know, and I think there are people who know how to break out of them.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think what's one interesting point is that earlier, Earlier in the conversation, we were talking about college, and mm-hmm. the, the digital ebook lady comes into your class and is like pushing scamming you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you like you recognize very quickly because you said uh, your identity was not in this. I am a four-year student, mm-hmm. like no matter what. Whereas in high school, freshman year, maybe your identity was like in being a varsity soccer mm-hmm. player. So it sounded like there was an evolution of being a person that had to be tied to this identity of something and and Mm -hmm. that validated you Mm. to where you're now in a place, you know, come college, like, no, I can, I can kind of make a call for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like follow down this path and get scammed by this chick. Um, (laughs) So uh, yeah, that was a a tangent, but I I am curious (laughs) though, um, kind of related to that, were there any kind of mentors or or people early in your life or, or even now that have helped kind of propel you or guide mm-hmm. you towards this this evolution that you've experienced mm-hmm.
1: yeah I think uh, definitely my parents so um, they again if we talk about scarcity or abundance um, I think knowing that my parents were always going to be proud of me and always there for me like outside of success um, allowed me to run as hard in whatever direction as I could. So there was again, like an abundance there of like, whatever you want to do, we're going to support you. And then it didn't make me feel like I have to do the way. Yeah. I don't know. Like I was free because of that. Um, whether that be soccer, whether that be, you do want to move on from school or whatever. So mentors or, uh, influencers, I definitely think just my parents and having that in the back of my mind, like they're always there for you and they always love you is like probably the biggest thing. Um, that was the most consistent, but I could get into all kinds of amazing mentors, coaches, uh, people as well. But I think more my parents. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, Is there any one particular thing or piece of advice my parents, um, the catchphrase they always told me growing up playing sports is like hustle and have fun was like mm-hmm. the thing they always told me before every game. Very south like. Very south like. <laughs> but um, is there is there one thing that stands out to you that that they would maybe constantly reiterate or um, is it just a, a, a conglomerate of different things?
1: I think it's just more of the um, you know, conglomerate or yeah, the accumulation of I just knew it. Like, it was one of those kind of absolutes in your life. Like, that's just the truth. Like, again, and and it it allows you to experience failure, though, right? So, if you know that you're, like, loved unconditionally, now you can run as fast as possible. And if you fall down, then you're still going to be okay. So, I think that is just the most powerful thing with your parents, like, always supporting you. And then, you know, we didn't talk either about faith or that was a huge part of my life as well after um, high school and even having the idea of you can move on from soccer because now my identity is much bigger than that. Like, it's not soccer anymore. It's like, you know, you believe in God or you are this person now and you don't need that. There's far greater things than that soccer ball, you know, like there's far bigger things you're going to do in life. So. I think that was another freeing element that kind of ties into the like, you can do whatever you want because you have a father, like a heavenly father that loves you no matter what you do. So run after those things. And if you trip, like it's cool because your worth isn't in yeah. like your uh, accolades or success. It's just being you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you said, um, you know, your parents like let you fail, which, um, I don't know if you've read yet, Daniel. There's a book called "The Coddling of the American Mind," um, and it talks about like kind of what has led the millennial, like Gen Z generation, to be this you know coddled, entitled type of generation where mm-hmm. everything um, needs to be given to them, and um, it's, it's it kind of breaks down why that has happened, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it's due to like what's called helicopter parenting, right? So it sounds like your parents were very much the opposite in that they let you experiment. They said, you know, they weren't conditional. It wasn't Mm -hmm. conditional love where you have to go to college or else, like, I'm not going to approve of you. Yeah. Um, So that's, I love that because even though I'm not a dad, I I like to think about how I'm going to start, you know, parenting eventually Mm -hmm. or just like how I'd want to implement lifestyle um, designs around. Potentially people, you know, I raise. So Mm -hmm. I know Daniel's thinking about that too. Yep. Um, Having a little seven-month-old running around. Seven months in.
1: Yeah. She's not
0: crawling at the rate the other seven months old are, so I'm withholding love. (laughs) (laughs) Very conditional. Yeah, Yeah,
1: but or even, again, it's like Daniel, you said, uh, if the coach was, like, holding it over your head, you're not able to do your best because you're, like, freaked out. You're like, I am going to do uh, like a one-touch ball that's like in soccer. Like you didn't trap it first. You just like let it bounce off your foot to the next person. And it was like you have that worry and that judgment in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you're going to be judged based on an error, now you're even hypersensitive to that, right? So you have to have that freedom to make those mistakes and know you can always come home though, right? Like if you... But especially in sports, if you're talking about performance, and I think it's so unfortunate that so many kids, you know, feel like maybe they have to have certain grades or do all these things like that heavy weightiness is like, I don't know, it'll mess with you. You aren't who you are now because you're like trying to be who you're supposed to be and you can't figure out who that is because you're freaked out. Like all the time. It's,
0: right. the, it's the idea that your identity is actually something that's ascribed to you as opposed to something that you have to try and clamor for in competition with others. Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree. Like I don't think a high schooler is meant to, you know, my identity's on the line. My, the essence of who I am, whether I'm a valuable person mm-hmm. or not in the world right. is hanging in the balance of this soccer ball or something like that. Like that's right. just a reality that yeah. none of us are meant to live out. And as adults, not, not to say anything about uh, kids, you know, mm-hmm. uh, adults are not meant to say, you know, my identity, my, my value in the world is on the line. And um, even, I mean, Kobe Bryant, one of the highest performing athletes of all time said when he was young, his parents said, no matter what, win or lose, like you, you have a place in, in our love, like you're at home in our love couldn't ever do anything that would invalidate that and he said that actually gave him the confidence and the drive mm-hmm. to just push beyond the boundaries of what was possible right. for him um because if your identity is secure and, and that's that's locked away you know everything else my potential now that's not secure that that's up to i think mm-hmm. that's up to us you know i think right. that's our responsibility and that's one of the beautiful things of what it means to be human in my view where you know i i am my value as a human being is ascribed to me and that's that's locked in um now who i become in the world that's that's not locked in you know and that's you know mm-hmm. I, I think kind of what you're um what you're describing and i think a lot of times you know to your point about the coddling of the american mind we're giving mm-hmm. that up that responsibility to become who we want to be in the world for something we believe we deserve you know i think we believe that we deserve Success just cause we want it or because we've, you know, listened to a narrative that said my parents were successful. I'm going to be like, whatever that looks like. And, um, I think it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, and I, and I think it's impacted me before. I, I know that I've been entitled and thought mm-hmm. that I deserve to have success. Same. So I'm not saying that, you know, yeah. just cause I'm aware of it doesn't mean that it's plagued me in some ways. Right. Um, so
2: yeah. Um, What was I going to say? I have more questions. Why don't we dive into Mm -hmm. those? Um, Well, I know we are actually approaching kind of top of the hour. Mm -hmm. Um, I have kind of a final question that's not necessarily related to anything that we've talked about, but it could be fun. Um, And it is, what do you believe is true that almost nobody agrees with you on? Oh, nice.
1: God, these are, like, hard. I feel, um, okay, what well, do I believe is true that no one else agrees with And while that? you're thinking it could be a fun thing, like Nutella, <laughs> yeah, like funny, Nutella yeah, totally. is good on pizza totally. or something. Like, Grant actually thinks
0: that. I do. You wouldn't be
1: alone. <laughs> <laughs> Nutella on pizza? What kind? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think no. Grant actually. No. Pizza or Nutella? Believe, <laughs> no, like, which kind of pizza would you eat Nutella with? Um, no, I don't think anyone oh in my their gosh. right mind. I don't know. I feel like I meant that like awkward, like when you are in a like game, like introduce yourself, and you have to come up with like two truths and a lie. Okay, you can play, something can play that game, I right. think is true that a lot of people don't.
2: Yeah. Or I can I'm ask a prescribed question. Yeah. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. I the mean, fact that this is taking you so long. Yeah. It could be yes, and that
0: could be your thing. I know. Are you an alien? Oh, yeah,
1: that's true. Maybe like I believe aliens and other people don't.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> that'd be Bigfoot an unpopular or, opinion.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, sure, we'll go with that one then. Um, I used to not think that there were aliens, Whoa. <laughs> I haven't had a personal experience that oh, would make it. me think that there is. And I still would hope that there are not aliens. Like, I really don't want there to be. Um, But, you know, people act like the universe just goes on and on and on and on. People act.
0: (laughs) (laughs) People pretend that the universe goes on and on. We don't listen
1: to science around here. Right. Um, But, you know, I guess if it's like never ending, then you would assume maybe there is some kind of angelic angel. (laughs) Aliens. I don't know. Could be. Okay. i mean
2: i think that's a yes <laughs> <laughs> in a
0: roundabout way mali is saying what? yes i
1: know Well, that's why you brought me on today which
0: brings us to a beautiful close <laughs> yeah. unfortunately we didn't get to get we have no evidence. to <laughs> mali's beliefs on aliens <laughs> or angelic beings but um great do you have anything you want to say as we're
2: wrapping it up no uh mali that was great um you know we didn't get to Dive into too many hot topics, uh, political beliefs, or, uh, but you know, we'll save that for another another Maybe. podcast, round two. We'll save
0: that for the next one. We want you to be able to keep your job and be a <laughs> yeah, totally. respectable civilian who doesn't cause too much chaos. Yeah. So, yeah. Mally, thank you so much for jumping on with us, especially on some of these earlier podcasts. You know, you were one of the people that popped up in our minds as somebody who kind of just lives out. Um, you know what they believe is right and stays true to those convictions even if it means being in an uncomfortable situations or doing things you know that kind of move the needle and i mean you've been making those videos and kind of sharing your thoughts using whatever medium of, is available to you to educate people on what you believe is is true and right for years now you know and that must not have been a mm-hmm. easy thing especially at first to begin to step out and you know, of kind of the perceived boundaries of, you know, how you should be acting. And so we celebrate that and we really appreciate you sharing just a little bit about what makes you tick and for admitting you believe in aliens. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: for sure.
0: <laughs> and if you remember, if you don't live in the alley, call yeah. Mali
2: for all of your real She's, estate needs. Yes. Call Mally. <laughs> She's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have, a, do you have a, any way that people can reach you or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Twitter handles tiktoks um,
1: luckily i did not get addicted to twitter okay i'm definitely it's addicted good for you. to yeah instagram and facebook um so i guess instagram is at mary allison forbes mauer and then my work email though is m.mauer at kw.com
2: nice so. we'll, we'll put those in the show notes after i figure <laughs> out how to do that Yeah, totally. <laughs> awesome thanks Molly.